want you to hit me as hard as you can. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. This is my boomstick. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Let's put a smile on that face. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Rewind It Back podcast. We are continuing our trend of the iconic and classic movies. We got a real gem tonight. We are going to do Raiders Lost Ark. It's the first Indiana Jones movie. Our friend Dan here has dressed up for the occasion as Indiana Jones and just in time for the Halloween season. So without further ado, we are going to do Raiders of the Lost Ark. Three thousand years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark. It is there, Atanis. And it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on Earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Better go. Hey, we have no time. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. All right, so Raiders of the Lost Ark, Steven Spielberg movie. It was written by George Lucas, stars Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford was like right in, like right at the top of his career. I always forget that he started his career in acting late. I think he started in his late 30s, but right when he started the Indiana Jones franchise, he was right in the middle of being Han Solo in Star Wars. And I always thought that this movie was the breaking point between old movies and newer movies where and this came out in 1982 so this was like around the time where you could kind of see where movies were going you had movies coming out like first blood uh 48 hours um and right before this one spielberg um did jaws which i always thought jaws was like the first best modern movie and i think this is arguably the first best blockbuster and i what I love about this movie to this day, 40 years later after its release, is that this movie really figured out how to hold an audience attention. And it is just nonstop go the entire time. And if you can do that, if anyone can make a movie, as well as Steven Spielberg did this, you can make an iconic movie. Um, in this movie, there's there's action. Something happens every 10 minutes. And again, it's 40 years old, and I think it still holds up. And this movie has been in my life for as long as I had a memory. How about you guys? I'm going to open up the floor. Just look at that logo. It's just iconic. <laughs> just look at it. I look at Dan's outfit tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know. The testament of this movie right. is in 42 years later, you've got a, a man who's about the same age in costume. Yeah, raise your hand if you were him for Halloween at least once as a kid. With the with the fedora and the, the the whip and the leather jacket, and everything. Yeah, I remember playing this probably Indiana Jones when I in my when I was a kid out in my backyard looking for just fucking shiny rocks or something. But I mean, this was definitely a, a significant character in Harrison Ford's career. 
Um, I don't think they could have picked a better person to to play him. And I always forget that um, George Lucas wrote this wrote this movie too. And I, I George Lucas, like he, I always think that George Lucas, he's good at writing stories. He's just not good at executing them. Like the first Star Wars movie, I when I say the first Star Wars movie, I mean Episode Four, um, New Hope. I mean it was kind of meh, but like there's a reason why. Like I think Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi were were the better ones, and it's because George Lucas didn't direct them. But I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go down that hole right now. I mean, right out of the shoot, it opens up with him in the jungle, and he's looking for this 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 artifact, and he he finds it in this cave. And he's just there's just booby traps everywhere, and that's where it just right out of the shoot just immediately grabs your attention, especially with that the, the iconic scene of the boulder. big fucking boulder that comes down. But the main thing in this in this movie is that he Indiana Jones he's on this quest to find the Ark of the Covenant, which I'm not a very religious person anymore. But from my understanding is that this is the Ark as holds the, uh, the 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 Ten Commandments, and it's just a uh, Almost like a uh, a walkie-talkie for uh, communicating to God, essentially. So everyone's <laughs> after it, and he's just he's he's it's a race against time because he's competing with the because the Nazis, of course, want to find this and do whatever it is they they want to do with it. And uh, I it's I don't even know I don't even know where to start with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the score was was done by not the one and only John Williams. I think this is one of one of his best scores. That does make help make the movie. The music is amazing. Yeah, that definitely makes the movie come come to life. Yeah, this is John Williams at the top of his game. Like I, I, you, I can't imagine you'd play this song and a regular person on the street wouldn't know what this is. Like everyone knows this theme. It's like Jurassic Park. It's just like you know what it is, and you know what's coming, and you know it's fabulous. Sports stadiums, yeah, museums, any kind of exhibit opening, they they use the soundtrack. Yeah, and I always enjoyed. I don't think I don't know if they do this anymore, but that, but in Disney World, uh, the times that my family and I went there, we always did the Indiana jo- Jones stunt show. Mm-hmm. I, even though we've we've seen it like a bunch of times every time we went there, but it just it was just you have you had to go see it. Never, it never. I don't, got know, if, I don't know if it's yeah. I don't know if it's still there anymore. I haven't been to Disney World since uh, since two thousand one, but it was definitely always something to 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 see. But I mean, I just I don't know. I just I really love the story. One of the things that stands out to me is that this movie feels like, you know, like pulp comic from the 1930s, right? It takes place and it's set in 1936. So that was intentional. But I feel like when you look at how it's written and how it's directed, it almost kind of feels like Spielberg and George Lucas were like trying to go back to like their childhood and have a good time with it. And it's sort of like those boyhood adventures. You feel like you're chasing around trying to find artifacts you get the girl you beat you beat the nazis i mean i mean every part of that just feels good and there's something special about just being able to go on an adventure right you know he's a university professor and he has a he's teaching class at some i don't think they say what school it is but he's teaching university history classes and he's like a swashbuckling pirate in his in his downtime and it's fantastic. The story is beautiful, but you think about it in that way. Yeah, and I really do like his love interest in here, Marion Ravenwood, who's played by uh, Karen Allen. Usually, sometimes, like in you know blockbuster movies like this, the the love interest is usually kind of a sometimes can be annoyance. But I think she complimented his character well in this. The second girl was annoying. Temple Doom was annoying. She was cool. Oh, Willie? Yeah, she was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Spielberg married. That was his wife. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say Spielberg ended up marrying her, too, I think. I can't blame him. You know, power to him. <laughs> no, but Karen Allen really played well with Harrison Ford. Like, their chemistry on screen from start to finish was absolutely magic. She was just as fiery and aggressive as he was. Oh, yeah, she didn't take any of his shit. <laughs> no, she smacked him around. <laughs> she had no qualms about it. I mean... And it was pretty clear that, that they had some pretty substantial prior history. They don't talk much about it in the movie, but you do learn that her father was his academic advisor when he was getting his PhD. And I think they dated when she was a teenager and he, he broke her heart. So, you know, shit happens. But And she has deep resentment for him for it. I love the introduction of the scene to her where they're in... 
he goes to Nepal looking for her because she has like the necklace that goes on top of the staff that you use in the um I forgot what the room is called. Um the map room. But it, the ma- yeah, thank you. Thank you. The map room where where it points out where the arc is located. But they walk they walk in and she's like she's a bartender at the uh in Nepal and she's in this drinking competition going shot for shot with some guy. And she wins. And she wins. And then she's in confronted by one of the villains in this movie who looks like me and Jim and Dan's former boss when we used to work with Don't say his name. <laughs> Too late. I'll I'll bleep it out. He does. I mean I mean I, I, I don't know that I don't know this person, but I see Jim and Dan laughing over there, so I assume it must be fairly accurate. He's ironically Jewish. But yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good luck editing this one, Bill. <laughs> nah, whatever. It's all good and fun. Uh, Paul Freeman's great as a villain. Uh, oh yeah, as we're talking casting, Belloc. Yeah, yeah. He's what a top. He's yeah. You know, he's very intelligent, which they point out. They're kind of what does he say in the bar? The bar scene's great, and he's irritating him because he knows what he's saying is right. But they are similar, and how he uses the Nazis basically like he uses the uh, what the Havitas in the beginning scene. Right to get to his, you know, the prize, yeah, exactly. So, or the same way he basically used he he used Indy the whole movie. Like, yeah. Indy did all the labor. I mean, he, yeah. he wasn't necessarily directing. Marion, yeah, exactly. When he takes the artifact from the beginning of the movie, he's like, "Too bad the Havitos don't know you like I do, Belloc." Right. <laughs> and he's you like, don't you speak tell their them language. You spoke their language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then he's running for his life. Yeah, you, know, you find that Indy runs for his life a lot. <laughs> Which makes him an awesome university professor. He got Beyond shit the f- kicked out of him in this movie, too. That was the best part of it, I think. So one of the things that you often find in these gigantic summer blockbusters, right, is that the hero never gets hurt. Think of a Stallone movie, if you will, or think of like, in a more modern sense, those terrible Fast and Furious movies where Vin Diesel never takes a scratch. And it's like in a, fl- it's like in a flying Dodge Charger, basically. <laughs> and seriously, like I'm not I'm like if you if you look at those modern summer blockbusters, the hero never gets the shit kicked out of him at any point. And in 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 Indiana Indiana Jones is interesting in the fact that throughout this movie, he just takes hot L after hot L. He gets Marion to basically reject him in the beginning. He gets Bella to kick his ass a bunch of times by taking the stuff that he found. He gets beat up by some giant German dude on an airfield. He gets thrown into the pit, into the, into the well of souls with a bunch of snakes, and he hates snakes. Like Wait, every it's not a hot day, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But he just takes L after L in this movie, and he keeps coming back. So kind of like Rocky, you know, don't go down without fu- without a fight. But but that's the best part of this is that he's a vulnerable hero, right? He's vulnerable to Mary, and he's vulnerable to his situation. He does take, he does lose. But it comes back and eventually wins, which is why the story is so great. I the, the one of the scenes that I love is when he's running through the streets of Cairo looking for Marion after she's abducted, and like he runs into that sword guy in the middle of the street, and he just he's waving the sword around. And he just pulls out his gun and just blows the guy away. Which by I was reading some you know some trivia behind this movie is that originally that scene like it was supposed to be like his whip versus the guy's sword. And they're just supposed to be like duking it out, but Harrison Ford said to Spielberg, "He's like, well, I just fucking shoot the guy. I have a, I have a gun." He goes, "All right, all right," and there it is, Damn. plain and simple. But well, one another reason they did that too. Everybody got sick in Tunisia, food poisoning. So oh, really? Oh, how cutting back? Yeah, production. So it saved a lot of time. Made perfect sense too. It was very efficient. And it's funny. They sh- I was researching. They showed some on uh, on location pictures from you know where it was filmed they look identical today that they did then you know 40 years ago nothing's changed in tunisia much so and those buildings are probably already you know hundreds of years old then my boss used to i worked at that restaurant dan the guy who owned places from tunisia and he said if you're from tunis you're either super rich or super poor there's no middle class in that country right you're either like living in the palace or you're living in the hut rags are riches right that's most of the world. There's no middle class. Pretty evident in this movie too. Basically, the uh, all those laborers are just conscript by the Nazis. You know, paid pennies to dig tons. Shameful, but accurate. 
it's amazing too that like all the, the the action and everything that's in this movie before well before the days of CGI too, especially at the the very end where they open the arc <laughs> and the Nazis face start melting off. The practical um, effects, yeah. You know. But I mean, like this, it just it introduced this as like yeah. a, just a. It's almost like they made they made two sequels after this, and it's like it, this movie just set the standard for it. And the the, the sequels are I still still live up to. Well, is the second one of the first one of the first prequels? Because remember, it takes place a year before. Yeah, it was pre- yeah. I always yeah. I always forget nineteen nineteen twenty nine. Yeah, the year before, which freak, which like confused me that you know all hell as a kid. I was like, well, wait a minute, this is the second one, right? I think Lucas but, was going for like the old serials, like. Back yep. in the 50s, like where it just Even was earlier, different, different every week, like different story, different perspective. It, it's not something that happened like in a row, which was what most people were used to by then. Yeah, those old pulp comics were really, were really fun. You know, I'm even, even, even now they still publish a few that have been in print for over a hundred years. Like, yeah, instance, a lot of those instance, got, yeah, a lot of those got. A lot of those got uh, shelves because of well, for <laughs> the sensitivity of now everything is offended now. Everybody's offended nowadays. So Temple Doom will be canceled soon. They won't be allowed to play it anymore. What's yeah. that? Temple, Temple Doom. Doom. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, they're just worried. They'll keep working their way up. Don't worry. They'll be the eighty stuff soon enough. And this yeah, will be canceled too. Yeah. You know, I I can see somebody complaining about the 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 chase scene in Tunisia, right? Complaining how that's culturally insensitive, I can see that totally. I yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you know that's the Dana White answer. Like who gives a fuck? Like you know that's who it. You know we can't judge movies like this based on modern sensibilities, and we shouldn't. Like different time. Who cares? They're gonna narrow it down eventually to one like the like little idiosyncrasies of like, hey, Indiana Jones is a college professor and he's a doctor, but he has no beef killing people hell they came after paw patrol <laughs> people have a lot of time on their hands yeah unfortunately but they you should know, be watching in the end jones and maybe they would be yeah. too busy to cancel the show and you know what <laughs> bill but to your point about the the effects you know the end you know i guess you could say that they're kind of hokey now in 2023 but it's kind of cool to see a guy get his face melted in 1981 or, you know, a guy explode with lightning through his chest or some other dreary <laughs> effect that happened at the end of the movie. I think at least the look took some effort. Like, it's not just some fucking computer program. Like, they actually had to build a model and melt the model and, like, take the time to make it, like... Look convincing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, I, th- I, th- I thought the effects were cool for what they were. Like I don't, I don't think it needed anything more crazy than than how it was. I mean, for the most part, the movie didn't really need a ton of, of like special effects. Sure, it was a lot of chore- choreography and you know explosions here and there and stuff like that. But that's all. Even today, they still do explosions like that. That's not that's not all CGI'd. They're kind of lazy with it now. It depends on who the director is. Yeah. It's- Oh sure, I mean, but there are some. If it's Christopher Nolan, he's like, there's not going to be a CGI. If it's like a most marvel movies through all the yeah. like, the whole thing's a green or like screen. or like michael bay and transformers is all green screen bullshit yeah. but so so in some ways this is sort of like an art film of filmmaking right like it was done the way that you, you would expect it to be with proper effects proper casting proper score pacing script writing all of it kind of sets a, a high bar for movies to meet, which is i think why this is considered one of the best movies ever made because it got all the elements right yeah, it's just like it's just it holds your attention. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Like I remember seeing this when I was eight years old, and as an eight year old kid, I mean, I'm I had the attention span of a goldfish. But like I sat here and I watched this movie for an hour and forty minutes, and guess what? I put on fucking Temple of Dune afterwards. I ran and when the guy when the guy got his heart pulled out, but that's here and over there because <laughs> you were a kid. Because <laughs> I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, Bill. It might have been first modern blockbuster. I mean. Some other ones maybe came close. Jaws, which was also Spielberg. You know, maybe Superman, which was what year or two before seventy nine. Yeah, so it really was. And they said too that this kind of was Spielberg like masterpiece. Uh, he everything he learned from Jaws, which was a disaster, great film, but that ran way over budget over time. Yeah, and nineteen forty one was a bomb. 
but he kind of made it all work here with this movie, which he did. It's it's perfect. And I think he came in, you know, under, I don't know if it came in under budget, but it, it was filmed on time, which is hard to be in, you know, on location, Middle East for a lot of the scenes. It's just amazing. And they even added in the submarine scene that they actually leased the boat from a uh, production of DOS boat, which was being filmed. And that was just, that was pretty cool too. How they tied that in. Yeah, that yeah, that submarine scene was really really cool too. Yeah. It was, but I was looking at out that how did he survive the sub ride? You know, <laughs> the sub goes underwater. Well, submarines don't really in war too. Submarines really didn't travel underwater, right? Especially in peacetime, which it was peacetime then. So it would have been traveling, you know, on partially on floating. Yeah. yeah, it would not yeah. have been diving. It's amazing with Harrison Ford. I'm looking at the IMDb now, and like the entire, almost the entire decade of the '80s, he was just walking around with his dick in his hand. Because <laughs> starting from 1980, he was in Empire Strikes Back, then Raiders of the Lost Ark, Blade Runner, Return of the Jedi, Temple of Doom, Witness, Witness. Uh, films. Witness? What if acting state? He should have got better. Oh, yeah. Witness. You and I saw that one, Dan. Witness is good. That's it's a weird movie, but I like. I heard it. he missed it because he sung. He sung that song, so they they snubbed him. Then he was in the Last Crusade too, and, and Working Girl. So, yeah, well, man, I mean, you never, you never seen Witness, Bill? All that? No, I did see Witness. Yeah. That yeah, that is a great film. It is. Yeah, I mean, that's a decade where he was just he, you know he was he was handing studios blank checks. It's just a like you know, you know, yeah. He well, was. He still holds a record for the most blockbusters. I could be wrong, but I think he does. He has to. Between Star Wars and Indiana Jones, um, what else? I think Clear Present Danger, Patriot Games, one of them I think might be in there. The Fugitive, Fugitive, Air Force One. Oh, I mean, man. I mean, they, I mean, I mean, they all say. I mean, his his stellar nineteen eighties decade. Was Segued right into a 1990s decade, which is hit after hit after hit. I mean, man's a legend, and he got to start as a carpenter on the set of Star Wars. Go figure. <laughs> and this came out. I was six months old when this came out, and he was roughly my age now. And he just came out with another movie. It's kind of That's hard to plan around that. I have a tough time with the last two entries. The, the uh, last one was absolutely abysmal. I was, it was absolutely horrible. I, I think Kane and the Crystal Skull was better. Than, I can't uh, remember the last time I saw so many like innocent people get mowed down, but like all the bad guys, like, yeah, it, it was, <laughs> didn't like, get touched. Yeah. <laughs> well, these things like happen. we're going to blow this spoiler, we're going to blow the secretary away, but yeah. but but everybody, all, all the all the Nazis will be fine. Disney, right? Disney, Disney, movie, Disney. So. Like, I don't, yeah. Everything they touch now. Remember in the 90s, everything they touch turned to gold, and now everything they touch turns to absolute dog shit? It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, you yeah. could literally bag up dog shit in the 90s, and it would fucking, you, you'd open the bag and you'd take a whiff, and you'd be like, oh, it smells Money. so good. Disney dog shit. And now it's like, they, they fuck up Star Wars. They're trying to sell back to George Lucas. They fuck up the Marvel shit. They fuck up Indiana Jones. They're, they're just... <laughs> They're fuck ups. The chief's fucking up. The yeah. chief is fucking up. The chief. The chief is fuck. I heard that they offered Star Wars back to Lucas, like for half what he bought it for, or something crazy. Bunch of scumbags. But at least this came out before Disney. <laughs> well, thank didn't, like, di didn't like Disney kind of uh, like parody the show of Ducktales off of this kind of. Uh... The logo looks pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, it's the same uh, maybe, the it's... maybe the adventure aspect of it. Yeah. Um, was it DuckTales? No, it was Chippendales Rescue Rangers. It was the Rescue it... Rangers. Because one was Indiana Jones and the other one was Tom. Uh, what the fuck's his name? Tom Selleck, Magnum PI, the Rescue that... Rangers. What about that? Uh, any of you ever watched that young Indiana Jones series? Was excellent. Yeah, it's good. I never so, watched it. I, know I remember it. Yeah. It was too advanced for me when that came out. Like I was too young to. Yeah, you before. I, I liked it. I was just a couple years older. Yeah, it's like it was like some old guy in a hospital waiting room with a bedpan. Like, let me talk. cut all that out. They actually redubbed it. Twenty three. When I finger fucked Betty Ford, it's like I I couldn't follow it. <laughs> I I, I, I believe it is on Disney. Is it? All right, I, I'll I'll do, I might do that later. But yeah, I, I, I read the Young Indiana Jones books when I was. I yeah, I read like one of them. Yeah, I, re I read a bunch. I thought they were good. I mean, 
they're not this movie let's be honest i mean and i have nothing against books or the other movies but there's just something about this movie that just keeps you going it you know it's got it, it does everything right like it's it's nearly a perfect movie you can nitpick probably a couple things here and there but quite frankly those things are relatively minor in comparison to some of the major flaws you get in some of the later installments in this franchise or just movies in, today in general. Yeah, it, I think it is pretty much a perfect film. There's no bad scene. No. It's just, everything ties in. It's this is the action film. Uh, the start of the when they find the Ark in the crypt, the movie pretty much just doesn't stop with action scenes. It's till basically gets on the boat. It's, you know, it's just amazing. The, the, between the Crip scene, then the plane, you know, the big wing, um, and the truck scene, which I think is one of the best scenes in any movie ever made. The truck that, scene. Yeah. yeah. I remember as a kid just watching that scene over and over again, playing, you know, re- recreating the scene, just jumping around. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, the, man, there's so many rewatchable scenes in this movie. The whole movie. And I think the thing that really kind of gives us that feeling is, is just how how densely packed everything is you go from i mean every little stage of the movie where you go from the beginning scene in that in the in the peruvian jungle the university setting with the government agents his his personal residence on a plane to marrakesh or wherever the hell he was flying to like every scene in nepal thank you so like every scene in the movie just has like a proper exposition, character introduction, back just enough backstory to tie it together, move, end scene, move. It just kind of keeps moving, 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 moving. There's no this drawn out drama. There's none of this sort of you know lack of entertainment. Nothing is forced. Exactly. It's all it all kind of flows together in one sort of complete like when you watch the I mean they now they look like they're fucking now they look like masterpieces, but when you watch the prequel Star Wars movies, there's a lot of scenes that are just like forced in there, like no pun intended. Like there was none of that with this, and it's probably right. It's probably because Lucas wrote it and didn't direct it. I also heard he's a horrible editor, uh, Lucas, and I think that's what saved a lot of his Star Wars movies. Uh, that his the people that edited them. I think they won an Oscar for editing on the first film, but like they did outstanding jobs. In fact, well, we only did a lot of Spielberg editing as Michael Kahn, which yeah. did a great job editing this movie. Jim, you were the one that told me that, uh, <laughs> like when they were making Star Wars, uh, the episode four, like <laughs> Harrison Ford at one point approached George Lucas and was like, You can write this shit, but you can't act it. <laughs> Yeah, it was like you can write this shit, but I want to hear you say it or hear you act it. Like, because they're talking about like, uh, you know, like the Millennium Falcon and shit. Like, if you walk up to somebody in 1976 and you say, "Hey, read this phrase and or read these two words," and you, it's Millennium Falcon, they're gonna look at you like you're a fucking retard. Or you can't pick <laughs> that out. But uh, like you know, now it's like second tongue to Terry. Like you're 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 retarded if you don't know what the money is. Like so, it's yeah, it's differently able, Jim. Yeah, sorry. What's an what's an aluminum falcon? Did you see that comedian, ice cream enthusiast? That's (laughs) but no, I mean the Spielberg and Lucas, they're 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 a dynamic duo. I mean, one's good at the story, one's good at the 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 directing. Uh, well, they complement each other well. And yeah. They just they made like two of the most iconic yeah. franchises of all time, and they got. I mean, they made Harrison Ford the most iconic actor. I mean, how many one-liners does he have? It belongs in a museum. Get so off do my you. plane! <laughs> I love you. I know. Like it's it's he's just he, he's just awesome in these movies. Like there was all no right. one else better for these roles. Frankly, right, my yeah. favorite Harrison Ford line is "Fuck off" from Bor or no Bruno. <laughs> But, oh yeah, you said forgot he's in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's the camera. Yeah. Well, who apparently oh. couldn't do it. What's that? This was supposed to be Tom Selleck for this movie. Oh he, yeah, they wanted him bad. He, he turned down a lot of people. Tom you ever hear Selleck. His list of things he turned down. 
Tom well, Sardelli. Why, why, why did he do it? Was it the mustache? He couldn't. He, he didn't want to shave the mustache, or it was probably Magnum PI, right? Yeah, because Magnum PI he couldn't get out of it. Oh my god! How many fucking TV shows killed actors? And the like. Thank God, Michael J. Fox got out of it, but that seems to be like a common theme. I mean, it, it kept Pierce Brosnan out of Bond earlier. I mean. <laughs> They had to suffer through yeah. more Roger Moore garbage before Pierce Brosnan could get out of Remington Steel. Oh my God, we had to go through Timothy Dalton too. Yeah, like it kept it kept him out of Bond for like ten years. Because and not that it's a bad show. I've seen a few bits of that, of that show, but Pierce Brosnan was way better than Roger Moore or Timothy Dalton. What show and was he in? Remington Steel. Remington Steel. It's a little. It's, an, it's a, like a late. It's like a seventies cop drama. It's not bad, but like it's it kept him out of the it kept him out of the out of the, out of the, out of the, the big time. Just like I guess Tom Selleck in this movie, fucking Tom Selleck. I can't, I can't see him doing this. Come on, I've he's seen that. The Godfather, he's, man. I can't, I, I, I can't see Tom Selleck. I mean, he's he doesn't he I don't know, he he doesn't have Harrison Ford's like wit and charm. He's just no, he the comedy angle would have been no. I mean, him. he has like that shitty seventies porn stash. I mean, like he just he doesn't have it. Well, the like, short list was Bill Murray, Nick Nolte, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Tim Matheson. Peter Coyote, Jack Nicholson, Jeff Bridges, Sam Elliott. For this? Yeah. Could you imagine Bill Murray playing Indiana Jones? <laughs> yeah, that, that would have became a comedy movie. Though. Yeah. It would have been awful. Yeah. This is not a – no, 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 no. I, I draw the line. I'm like, at some of those actors, I can see, like, Jeff Bridges, baby. But, I mean, Grant, he's the dude. But, you know – Bill Murray was was Sam Elliott. Uh, Sam Elliott. I could see yeah. Sam Elliott doing yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, Sam he'd have Madison. to. Well, the no, thing the, right. the thing with Sam Elliott is that he basically he doesn't actually act. He just plays himself in every movie with that you know with with that you know cigarette stained mustache and you know big big lip in his mouth and you know, drinking. Oh, you're looking for the art of a killer. Have you seen it? You know, did a great job as uh, if, if you in Gettysburg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's yeah. That's he, that. Those are roles that he is born to play. Yeah, you know, stuff he, like that. He played. He played the. Cowboys, like he played the. Yeah, he played the tombstone. He played the caretaker and Ghost Rider. I mean, like what, all what that the, shit. What car was he selling a few years ago? He scared. He almost scared the shit out of me into buying that car. Whatever the fuck it was. Look at this here truck. Yeah, it has four <laughs> wheels and runs on gasoline. <laughs> yeah, Got to cut back truck. on my whiskey and steak. No. <laughs> God damn it. So, no, I, I really think that this is the Harris's Ford is the only person of that list you read, Dan, who could do this with the way that it with the way it was written. Well, you've uh -huh. seen it. You know, it's kind of like imagine anybody else to be, you know, like in any scenario of life, like it's tough. Like when the role's perfect, it's like tough. To yeah, but it's but it's like. But you happen. know certain actor styles, though, right? Like, I mean, Bill, like, this is not a Bill Murray movie. Yeah, well, that's just. I mean, I mean come on. I mean, like, there are. Maybe it would have changed his career. He wouldn't want to get off. Could you imagine Bill Murray, like, in, like, every Harrison Ford role? What if it just went, like, like, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe Stripes released the same year, actually. What is it? Stripes came out same year. Superman 2. Came out. Going the is that the one where the kids doing somersaults on the railing, or was it the? It is, yes, Superman two. God damn it! Oh, not uh, a great year for movies. Even there's some blockbusters on here. Superman two on Golden Pond that took all the Academy Awards. Yeah, well, and they uh, John Williams didn't win best music or original score for this. He lost it to Chariots of Fire. Well, oh, come shit. on, come on. That's like Metallica losing to Jets or Tall back in the late eighties. That's that's terrible. <laughs> Cherry Sapphire, really? Yeah, that, that's, that's that year too. Who else won? Where's the awards? It's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> you know, it won four Oscars. It only won for best effects, best film editing, best sound, and best art direction. Oh, and sound for sure, and editing. Yeah, it's the, yeah. George yeah. Lucas wanted to call him Indiana Smith. Yes, not Indiana Jones. Indiana Smith. Indiana Smith and the Temple of Doom. Indiana Smith and the Last Crusade. Like, mm, doesn't stick. That doesn't just sounds like ass. <laughs> Indiana Smith. Wow, that's never heard that before. Sounds like a fucking locksmith company or something. I don't know. Indiana Smith. Sounds like some Rust Belt bullshit to me. 
Sounds like a porn star's <laughs> name, actually. Indiana Smith in the Temple of Poon. There you go. <laughs> Yo, I, dude, that's a cash cow. You kidding me? You pop that somewhere on I seventy driving driving in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, for like five hundred miles. It's like a fucking oasis. And uh, producer Frank Marshall was actually the uh, pilot on the, the flying wing because they were running out of white actors in uh, Tunisia. So he actually <laughs> did that as a cameo. Well, these things happen. <laughs> who was the big? Who was the big German fuck that he? He's in all the. I think he's in. Well, I know he's in. Uh, Where is he? Hold on. I, I got. I oh, saw yeah, this, no, it was that. Was that, 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 was that wrestler? What's his name? Bruiser. Bruiser something. There you go. I saw this. It was like it was on clearance for like five bucks. So I had to pick it up. I don't know if you guys can see it. But Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, it's yeah. a toy. <laughs> oh, oh, there he is. Yeah. What's it say? German mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> he's oh, in Temple of Doom. I saw. I was. I got that. 70s porn stash big i love i love the action shot on the side of the box i mean with this german mechanic i loved his like i loved his like his fisticuffs like this it's like come on okay 1936 boxing yeah karate chopping motion so you can fucking karate chop the shit out of your indiana jones action figure which is what happened in the movie so i want to believe a little wrench too a little wrench to store like that Tell you what, if that wrestler, what's his name, uh, Bruiser Brody, shaved his head and just left himself a stash, that would be him. He's the wrestler that got away with murder, right? Yeah, I don't. They, they, right. Don't they all end up killing somebody? I, I mm. lost track. Or, or themselves, or they uh, all die of a heart attack. Oh, it's a no, Jim, Jim, Jim. That is just comic gold. What the right? The, the, the toy. The fact. Oh, dude, I say it was at, it was on the clearance rack at Target for like five bucks. Like, how could I pass it up? That's a steal. Yeah, should have bought it. She bought a case of those fucking things. Yeah, that was the only one. He was a lonely soldier over there. There was a bunch of the fucking. Uh, I could have got you your boy Bellic, Dan. There was like twelve of him stacked up. Nobody wanted his fuckhead face. Like wash. Yeah, wash. Well, he's I, great too. He, he's you know, yeah, John Re- John Reese Davies. Yeah, I think was, he does an outstanding job. Yeah, Sala is one of the funniest characters in this franchise, hands down. Well, he's a great right hand man. He saves them a couple times. Yeah, date scenes, great. Bad date. Yeah, the date scene. We talk about them killing that monkey. That was terrible. Yeah, that bugs me out every time. Yeah, that wasn't great. I hated that monkey. Yeah, fucking monkey was a fucking cocksucker. He 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 ratted her ass out. That's right. That monkey was a mole in there. Fuck that monkey. Literally, Nazi monkey. A Nazi monkey. Where is that? He was doing Sig Heil. <laughs> that was so bad, <laughs> Nazi monkey. That was so. It was so. That was, you know. If somebody's look, gonna sell we, on a Nazi monkey, it's gonna be Spielberg. He can make anybody <laughs> look like a Nazi. That's a fair point. Yeah. You, I mean, that that would never fly today. What a you can't Nazi kill animals in there. Kill no. monkey. Both. Oh, well, you can kill Nazis. That'll still fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah you you can you kill, can kill Nazis. Nazis, but no, you can't kill animals. That's about all you can kill. Really, is Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> because because it's a universal hatred. <laughs> but you simply can't kill a monkey anymore in a movie, even a Nazi one. Oh, man. oh my god, that's that's so just, just and and like his monkey handler, like like that guy was such a scumball. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was the patch. I mean, he looked like you're like he looked like you would f- like directly transplant from Tunisia. Just, is, like middle. Was he the same guy that got killed in the beginning with all the darts in his back? I I think he actually might have been. I think did he play two I can, roles? I can you know I can see since he really oh, had. I mean, since he only said what Sig Heil like three times in the one part of the movie, you didn't have any other spoken lines. I mean, you can recycle characters; it's fine. You might be right, actually, on that. That is a pretty <laughs> badass scene, though, in the in the beginning, where like it's, it's the reveal of him. Doctor like, Octopus is his henchman, right? Alfred Molina, yeah, a very young and early Alfred Molina role. Took me yeah, he's the one that double life. crosses him. He does. He gets Throw- fucked over a lot in this movie. Well, he basically gets massacred at the end. He steps on another thing and gets he double crosses on him. Well, yeah. Although I- the article. throw me the weapon, throw me the idol. Although I have to say, if you know, so in that scene, for our listeners who may not have seen it, he basically double crosses Indy, and then Indy finds his dead body impaled on the wall. 
he must have stepped on a booby trap or something. I love booby if, traps. If I had to nitpick one little bit, the the fake body they hung on the wall to look to look like Alfred Molina looked nothing like him. If I had to nitpick something, well, I mean, the man took like a fucking spear through his head and his throat. He took like his- yeah, he was basically <laughs> he was basically steered speared through from he- head to dick, and he just. It wasn't quite convincing, but you knew, but you got the point. <laughs> but otherwise, I thought it was a good offer Molina rule for an early for an early rule. But I still stand by John Reese Davies as being probably the, one of the better, the, one of the best parts of this movie besides Harrison Ford. The the character Sol is just so perfect. Like everybody needs a right hand man. Bill, you are right. It was the same actor. It was. Yeah. It's yeah. that's it fantastic. Yep. Monkey Man and Maranaka. <laughs> just reuse them. Yep. Honestly, if you don't have any speaking lines or very few, no one will notice. Well, like I said, they didn't have enough actors. And even in the truck scene, a lot of the Germans look like Indy because it's the stunt doubles. They're playing Germans, too. You Makes know, sense. Cycling everybody. So, All right, yeah. everybody grab a swastika pad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm able to prove it, but I think the stuntman that shoots Indy on the truck, he's... That act, well, I can't prove what actor it is, but that same actor is in Dirty Dozen, which we talked about, you know, about a year ago, who beat the shit out of Charles Bronson. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, that actor might actually beat the shit out of Charles Bronson and shot. Uh, <laughs> that's, if, if that's true, I can't prove it. I think it's him. But it's, what a claim to fame. Yeah. What a claim. I got both fucking pictures framed on his wall. <laughs> I forget his name. I should know it, but yeah, he passed. And a lot of these guys were in any of the uh, uh, 007 movies, James Bond movies, because it's in English. It was based out of England. Yeah. Uh, the filming. Well, you know, it's f- funny you, you mentioned that thing. I've seen that trend in a lot of movies. Like, for instance, if you look at a lot of Arnold movies, there's like the same like 10 dudes who just get recycled for the same yeah. roles, like prison guards or like Mac and Predators and a bunch of Arnold movies. He's he's in like a commando and stuff like that. They so it's like or or and look, everybody knows the same mafia crew is in every mafia movie from like 1980 to like 2000. And hell, half of them are on the Sopranos TV show till like imagine 05. Me, imagine being typecasted as a Nazi like, hey, come on. Or no, oh, that's you, you look like a Nazi. Or like well, well, I, well, I think we talked about it before but there was like a, a Mexican actor who's been typecast as a guy named Hector in every gang movie for like the last 25 years. <laughs> oh, that guy from Training Day? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's in everything. Yeah, yeah. You, you need a Latino thug, so, he's your guy. The best part yeah. about that is his name's actually Hector. That I know, it's perfect. So you just so uh, so this idea of recycling the same like 10 or 12 actors in a movie is, you know, not unique to Indiana Jones. It's a pretty common theme, yeah. especially when you've got like a you know, they've got a niche. They're really good at it. There's no point in, you know, rocking the boat. Just hire the same dudes, give them some makeup so they look a little different in the next scene. You won't even notice. Well, well, all all those all those people are hired through an agency anyway, so they just probably use the same fucking agency. Yeah. Send us all your actors, you know. Send us all <laughs> send your, us, send us all send your Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oh, you're gonna be casting oh, this movie. Just Great, call them up. You, a Nazi. Just call them up. I need 200 Nazis for Friday. Yeah. You I need what? <laughs> I need 200 blonde, blue-eyed people. Blonde, yeah. Oh, Hitler's favorite child: blonde and blue-eyed people. God, but just see, this is how good this movie is. We're as we're able to talk about these, like these random aspects of this movie that you know normally on something like this we would talk about every every scene, but we're talking about like the the making of the movie, behind the scenes, all kinds of fun stuff, and everything about this movie just still resonates with all. I think with all five of us. Just your favorite one of the of this franchise, absolutely. I you know I think. For me, I think for me, Last Crusade gives it a good run, but it's just not quite there. Temple of Doom, I think, actually isn't very good. Um, oh, I love Temple of Doom. I yeah. look, there's nothing wrong with Temple of Doom. I don't think it's a very, I don't think it's as good as this one. Certainly not. I don't. I mean, I don't know if you guys feel the same about Temple of Doom versus this, but 
I just find Temple of Doom to be, you know, ho hum. Although Kali Maul is pretty cool. That's a pretty cool character. I think we all I think we all think we all agree there real quick that the last two entries are just, you know, shit pile, so not even worth talking. Yeah, I went back and forth for years of between this one and Last Crusade is my favorite. And I I, don't know, I think I just I lean toward lean toward this one more. I think this one's the, the best one of my favorite. Um, I mean, they're all. I mean, the three of them are good in their own ways. Yeah, but I think course. that this one. I think this one just has some staying power and nostalgia to me because it was the very first one that I saw. Because I remember, I, it goes back to when I was a kid. We we went to Disney World and we saw this stunt show. I really didn't know what the hell we my parents were taking us to. My sister and I, and and my dad was like, "Hey, there, there's movies about the are based on um this is based on you know a bunch of movies." I'm like, "Really?" And so we went to Blockbuster one night. We rented it, and and uh, the rest is history. But you just... saw the stunt show before the movie. Yeah, you might be one of the few. Yeah, I think I was. I think I was eight, maybe. I remember I was in elementary school. Remember I was in elementary school when we went. I saw Crusade in the theaters. I was about around eight. I do remember it vividly. I had already seen the other two. You know, we we literally wore the VHSs out. Yeah, so that yeah. was pretty cool. I saw all of these when I was probably third grade, fourth grade. Saw them all at home. We didn't, I didn't see any in theaters. Obviously I was too young at the time because the last one was 89. I was only four when it came out. Um, but I saw all these at home when I was in like elementary school. And, and then I saw the, uh, the live show in Disney when I was in high school, probably like, Oh, two, I think I saw it and it was awesome. Even then, even you know, I was a teenager, it was badass. But I, I actually, I saw Last Crusade first, and then I saw this, and then I saw Temple of Doom. Well, Bill and Jim, remember we went and saw Raiders of the Lost Ark movie tavern for the wedding. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, my first exposure to this actually was from my dad. My dad's one of his top movies he loves is, is Indiana Jones, and he particularly, like a lot of you guys, really likes Temple of Doom. And so that was a constant play in my parents' house growing up. And my mom loves the third one. I think she secretly loves Sean Connery. I know she loves the third one. And that was my first time. That was the first one I saw. And I, I just thought that was the coolest thing. Like him and his dad going going to town on the Nazis. Come on. And the thing of, and I think that movie is actually even funnier because, you know, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford were not that far apart in age. No. But he really looked like his fucking dad. He looked older than he, Yeah, he was. He was. He was he great. Like, that. yeah, he is. They both ten are. Years, ten years, right? Yeah, they're they're only ten years apart in age, and they looked like father and son, which was crazy. Junior. <laughs> no, they, but they were awesome. That yeah. they they I, just they complimented each other so well. They did. It was like and, a good father and son, like the dad just smacking his son long side of the yeah. head. And you know, I think part of it. Part of it for me is like I really enjoy the historical aspects of this, like. I mean, so uh, Bill mentioned there's a this is Ark of the Covenant and, La and the Last Crusade is the Holy Grail. Those are both sort of Christian, you know, in the Christian tradition or in, Ju in, in the Jewish traditions of, you know, history, right? There, there's, there's a religious component to this. And I grew up in a pretty Catholic household and, you know, I was always in the history buff in me is always pretty piqued by this type of content. And so the legend of the Ark of the Covenant and the legend of the Holy Grail and you know, the Cup of Christ are really just they're they're cool stories anyway. But I always found them just neat just because I grew up in this sort of you know religious household, going to Catholic school for a lot of my life. And so that was just you know another thing that kind of grabs me for this movie, sort of the nostalgia for that. I don't know if you guys are care about that kind of stuff, but for me, it's you know growing up and it was important. Well, look what happened. Ever go to Sunday school? I didn't have to actually, Bill. I grew up. I, I went I to know, church. That's, like, that's, a, that's a quote from the movie. You ever, guys, oh. ever, ever go to Sunday school? Sorry, I'm over my head tonight. <laughs> I, I need I need a beer. Sorry, right, Joe. Don't worry about it. This movie really just this it was just revolutionary in, in cinema. I think it just paved the way for like just sort of films. What's that? It's like a rite of passage to watch these films. Like you're a man. Like you have to mm -hmm. watch these. Like here again, the sentence. Like it's who didn't just... see it, Evan. You know someone who hasn't seen this? Come on. You're just, For real? Man. Be a no, you know like, someone too, Evan. I think Evan. Yeah. No, there's no yeah. way. He, how so. do you avoid this? That's what I want to know. It was, how, it was, 
he he admitted it at Dan's bachelor party. Was it this or I remember that Back now. to the yeah. Future or something? No, it was Indiana Jones. That was yeah, Indiana Jones. But how Indiana do you avoid Jones. this? Like, how do you like like even like accidentally? Even if you don't try to seek this out, you just walk over to somebody's house and it's just almost guaranteed to be on. I don't know he's he's he lives in Delco, so who knows? Yeah, but uh, yeah, but it's not yeah, like Delco. Yeah, house, you'll, yeah you'll, I mean, it's, yeah, but Del- but Bill Delco is not <laughs> Lancaster. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, no, Joe Del Delco. I think I, I last time I was in Delco, I need to show somebody my passport to get in and out. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I, got, I, got, I got I got it stamped. It was like an Irish leaf with like a Bud Light uh, logo flashing behind it. Um, <laughs> you know that that certainly sounds like Delco. <laughs> Yeah, Delco is um, it, it's a trip, man. It's not my scene, but um, yeah, I just don't understand how you avoid this movie. Like we, yeah. we talked about before, like this, Ghostbusters, Star Wars, like the Goonies, yeah, like uh, Back to the Future. Like, how do you avoid these if you're even like ten years older or younger than us? Like, how do you avoid these movies? I, I, I don't think I know. I don't think I know anybody personally who has not seen that list of movies. I mean. Even 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 my wife, I told her I was doing this tonight. This movie, she's like, "Oh, I, lo- I love Indiana Jones." It's like, like she's not an action movie person, but she's seen. How, 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 like, like, how have you not seen Indiana Jones? Like, come on, like, what rock are you living on? Like, it's not Earth, clearly. I can understand people our age and younger maybe not seeing some classics like Citizen Kane, like sure. Casablanca. I can see that because we're so far removed from that. But this is like right in our wheelhouse of like being a kid. And- like yeah, we didn't see him in the theaters, but like to your point, Dan, like you got this. You either recorded this off VHS, like we talked about Goonies last week, or you you bought it and you wore it out. I mean, but it's not even that, Tim. It's like this is this is popular culture. Like oh, yeah. this, I mean, this movie is a pop culture icon. And the thing is, like this movie was directly tied to an uptick in students pursuing like archaeology and history as careers like there's there actually is documented evidence that suggests that between 1980 and 2000 there was a huge uptick in students pursuing these topics in school because of indiana jones and having that sort of sort of swashbuckling bravado going out into the into the far reaches of the world looking for stuff and and the rewards that come with it and the risk that comes with it like Man, it just you must have been really disappointed when there were no whips or fist fights <laughs> yeah, no, yeah it, kill, you yeah. know just regardless of that though like first first day first day on the dig site all right we're gonna grid this out and the guy just pulls a gun out and shoots somebody i think he was a nazi (laughs) you know but like like that's what this movie represents though i think it's it's this is pop culture like how of like i can't imagine somebody who just at least doesn't know if you see dan's outfit like you had like dan you, you don't have to explain what you're wearing like when you hear that music, you don't have to explain it. When you see the font logo, you don't have to explain it. Like you, your point, it's just so ingrained just, in our culture. There's people out there that just don't. They were never exposed to it for one way or another. I, I, yeah, but 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 even exposure by association, Jim. Like you don't have to be directly exposed by your parents to know to be like walk into like a bookstore or walk into like the mall or somewhere where you people, could do it. people go through life with horse blinders on I, I i guess but like like it's not this is like modern popular culture like right like every okay i hate to say everyone because that's a generalization is clearly there are people who don't like your friend evan who had somehow avoided seeing this i, I still understand it yeah hopefully like, he's seen it since <laughs> that was 10 years ago too so i just i yeah that would drive me nuts i mean i can't i guess i can't i can't i can't get so behind it, that it was it was so it was raining that saturday at dan's uh party saying we were all just nursing a hangover all day and like the, the, we we're just watching on some movie channel and this was on and i just remember he just walks in the rooms he's scratching his balls he's like what the fuck are you guys watching we're like we're watching raiders of the lost ark want to watch it he's just like i've never fucking seen this movie well he what never seen this movie and he's he, like the problem in, with him the problem with him is I hope he doesn't listen. Is he didn't say oh, I never seen it. He said it as if we were watching fucking the color purple or something. Like as if it was as yeah. if it was some fucking like if it was Golden Pond or whatever the fuck uh, that stupid Henry Fonda movie was. Listen, like like the, you wouldn't expect somebody in their 20, 20 year old group of twenty year old guys to be watching. Like he was like 
oh, what is this? Never even heard of it. Like it was like fucking Critters Three or something. Like you know, it's yeah. the Leprechaun Four in space. You know, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Leprechaun in the Hood. That's a classic. No, sorry, everyone listening out there tonight, or if who will follow this next week. If you have not seen this, by some miracle of the Christ, please spend some time over your holiday weekends, Thanksgiving, Christmas, how Halloween. Please watch this movie. It's one of the greatest fall movie. It's a good post. It's a good post Halloween pre Christmas movie. It's a good everyday movie. Every every day, yeah. This is a once a year mandatory. Like again, if this is always on like Sci-Fi or some kind of channel or Showtime. This is always on. Like you just you just fall into this movie by accident. So it's just give Disney it another Plus watch. Right you have Disney Plus. Go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. Yep. Go watch it in Delco. Yeah. Go get drunk go. in Delco. Then watch this movie. That's the, the you'll you know what? How about this? Go get drunk in Delco, and then mouth off to somebody in the street, and you'll have your own Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark adventure. If you drink, Tim. Stage. If you Tim, if you drink enough, you're never alone. <laughs> oh man. Ugh. All right, so we're going to, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I kind of want to just keep riding this wave of uh, yep. these classic movies. I don't really feel like getting into Halloween movies. I mean, there's like classics like Scream and Friday the 13th, but I'd rather ride this wave. So what do you guys feel like doing? Um, let me see. Well, let me pull up here some of the stuff I've written down. What about you? What about you, Jim? You have anything that you've been wanting to do? We did the Goonies last week because Tim's been was patiently waiting for us to do that all, all these years. Cinematic masterpiece. And it agreed. Um, we did Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I want to do Leprechaun in the Hood. Critters no, three. Do the critter is it Critters Three with uh, Leonardo or was that Critters Two? And it wasn't the first one. Critters Two. Critters Two, yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not doing Leprechaun in the Hood. No, I'm not doing Leprechaun in the Hood. We could do some kind of run where, like, we could just do a bunch of stinkers, but um, I have. Do we have to do the movie Halloween? The, the 78? That's probably like the best out of, out of those threat, those uh, slasher movies. Escape from New York. Is that put out? That's a Escape good one. Yeah. That might have That's been a third one. Can we do that one? Escape from New York. Think. Escape from Did we do Rambo? Did I miss that? We episode? did Rambo. We did First Blood. We did yeah. First Blood. You must have missed it. I must have missed that one. Yeah. That was one of my picks. That's a good one. That's a, cl- that's a classic. Underrated classic. So What's his name? That... Uh, Tim Stack from uh, Son of the Beaches in it. And what? And Rambo wasn't he one of the National Guardsmen? Was he? I think he was. What's the actor's name? It's Tim Stack, right? Tim Stack. I I've talked to him. Look it up. Man. Look it up. Sure now you can National look it up. Guardsman. I don't. I don't think so. Unless, <laughs> you know he's from Doyle's I, have I want like to do that. a good Tom Selleck flick. Let's do Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> Let's not say we did. Oh, we forgot. Three. We did for baseball. We were talking about Harrison Ford's hits. We could. There's Back to the Future 2, Office Space, Escape from New York, Bad Boys, uh, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Big Trouble, Little China. There's Star Wars. I got to find another obscure one. It's been a while. Funny Farm. Funny Farm's (laughs) a good one. That would be a good one. That's a forgotten. And that's a a great film. I'll do Funny Farm. Funny Farm's a good one. That's more of a Christmas movie, yeah. Put that on December, Bill. I'll put it on December. Let's do... Uh... <laughs> what the fuck's the one? With... Uh... What's the one he did in the 90s? It was the one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Nah. Oh, Chevy Chase? <laughs> yeah. Memoirs of the Invisible Man or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's a bad one. I know you're talking about... Uh... That... With Demi Moore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing but trouble. Yeah, nothing but trouble. No, that's one more. You said you said if we ever do that, you'll quit the show forever, right? Then maybe one of the. <laughs> that's my favorite favorite movie. That's more. That, that's a gold. That movie's gold, man. That's, that's one of the, that's favorite, the favorite fucking movie. Bullshit. Get him on. Call him up. That is my favorite favorite movie. That's yeah. one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's it's, yeah. it's up there with the room, man. It is it is a bad oh. bad. Tupac's like, in that movie. He yeah, digital underground. <laughs> digital underground in that. Let's find a Seagal movie and if I want to watch a movie. Seagal movies don't age well. I tried to watch uh, fucking uh, Above the Wall wall last week watching old people fuck. I don't know. What's that? Not yet. No, but there was a video of him like (laughs) fighting in Japan. It's pretty fucking hysterical. 
Definitely still watching Putin's day right now. All right, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> settle down, settle up. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can decide on a movie offline. All right. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll think of something. All right. Well, oh, we're hey, still in the air. Oh crap. Yeah, we're still. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anybody who's from Delco, I apologize. I love you guys. That's nah, all right. Was, we talked about peace and love. Yeah. All right, Tim. Whatever. All right, so that'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for everyone for following us on all of our social media platforms, and we will be back next week with some other classic movie that has not been decided yet. Thank you all, and goodbye.